One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. As Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, hello there, and many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Obi-Wan Kenobi said a lot of things. Anyway, my name is Joseph Scrimshaw. Welcome to Favorite Points of View. This show is a part of the Force Center podcast feed, and here on Force Center, we like to celebrate Star Wars and all the different views on it. And with me to celebrate some of those views is Ken Knapsack. I love celebrating, and I love views. I love (laughs) celebrating views. Let's do it together here. 
I realize when I just say it like that, celebrate views, it sounds like I'm counting something on YouTube, but that's not what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, the views that we get uh, from uh, great listeners. The reason we do this uh, podcast, we don't do it uh, all the time. We just kind of do it uh, every once in a while when I think of a a good thing that I want to ask for some input on. But uh, I think it's really great that we all have different points of views on Star Wars and not just controversial things, but just like, what's my favorite this? What's my favorite that? And the why. And I always feel like when we talk about the why and get somebody's perspective mm-hmm. of like, I grew up with this or this toy or my sister introduced me to this. It, it makes um, those differences rich and fun instead of a point of conflict. So that, if you haven't listened before, is what favorite points of view about. It's about celebrating those different points of view on different things. And this episode, we asked uh, some listeners, uh, specifically our patrons on Patreon, Uh, to share their favorite Star Wars outfits, costumes, fashions, ask them uh, which ones they like the most and why. We got so many great responses. We're actually going to do two episodes. So this uh, first episode, we'll cover about seven, and then we'll cover another seven in another episode. So this is great, Ken. We get to talk about lots of different things in Star Wars. We certainly have had uh, discussions like this before uh, between ourselves about favorite costumes, but this is just a great uh, opportunity to celebrate the work of the costumes too, right? You got uh, John Molo, the original designer from Star Wars and Empire. Then uh, Nilo Rodias Gemero uh, worked on Return of the Jedi. Then, of course, the prequels was Trisha Bagar. Uh, Michael Kaplan was the sequels. Uh, Dave Crossman and Glenn Dillon both worked on the sequels, but they were the leads on Rogue One and Solo. And then all these other animated show designers, comic book artists, all these people created uh, these designs. And we get to celebrate them with this episode. Are you, are you excited for it? I am so excited because who doesn't love a good pant in Star Wars? Uh, no, this is this is this is uh, you know Lucas saying Williams is the secret sauce of Star Wars is so true. But this is if this isn't the secret sauce, this is definitely the spices and uh, and the uh, the good uh, the good broth <laughs> for this Star Wars too, uh, because this is what you you your mind uh, you know is drawn to the figures the designs we've talked about cool star wars designs but this even gets to even more of a micro level i'm thinking of just michael kaplan in the the director in the jedi documentary just just kind of butting heads with ryan about we've we just never done this in star wars and then pulling it off the canto bite the designs everything in the background things you see for a second and just as everyone's clapping and Ryan's clapping, the look on Kaplan's face, a professional who's done this for decades going, <laughs> yeah, man, this feels good. It just, you feel the love and the designs and it, and it works so well. Yeah, no, I think there's always that question with uh, the music or with uh, ship design or alien design or planets of like, ooh, there's that special look that Star Wars. Does it look Star Wars? And the costumes mm. are such a huge part of that. I mean, huge shout out to the original, to John Molo for, uh, like John Williams and like Ben Burt, being one of the like foundations of what feels Star Wars and all these other great artists that get to come along and, and mm. reinterpret. Like for this idea, for that idea, for this character on this part of their journey, uh, what is new and fresh but still feels like Star Wars? You're you're so right to point out John Molo because that's that's a name you don't you just don't hear that enough in Star Wars conversations. I, I get it, understandably. Some of those uh, some of the background uh, names, behind the scenes names, uh, you know, you know they're not going to rise to the top all the time. We we love to shine the spotlight on them, but John John Molo set you set the tone by probably going, "I have a small budget. What looks like a star star planet 
made of sand? <laughs> what, what would you wear on there? Like, what do you got? <laughs> All those kind of things. Uh, probably, who knows, the, the cut of the jib of the Imperial officers, their uniforms, literally, like all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's fascinating uh, to, to bring up that name and, and, and highlight the fact that that absolutely set the tone. Yeah, yeah, won an Academy Award. Yeah, it's there's uh, a lot of great stuff. I did a little bit of a, a read of his Wikipedia this morning. He's a fascinating character too. One of these people who had a long career and a different perspective, and then worked on a little space movie. <laughs> and then that you know is uh, is one of the things he's known for, which is uh, as it should be. Uh, all right, any other big picture uh, costume thoughts before we get into this? No, other than I love, we all love costumes so much, which is why you walk into something like Galaxy's Edge and you look at the uh, price tag and you go, I, I can swing that. <laughs> I want this costume. Yeah, exactly. I want to look like that. I want to look that cool or villainous or comfy, depending on the character. Uh, but we got a nice range. This is always fun when you get this little sample size of, you know, specific people who listen to our podcast and are uh, kind enough to be patrons and see what are the similarities and what are the differences to what is on their mind and what they love. So let's dive into it. I'm going to read this first one and then we'll discuss it. This comes to us, Ken, from our listener, longtime friend of the podcast, Mark Knope, uh, whose name we try to say correctly. Uh, and someday I will, I don't know what, what I'll do. I will, I will uh, fly to where Mark lives and be personally tutored to try to say his name exactly correctly. But we always try. Uh, here we go. Here's what Mark has to say. One of my favorite costumes is the one Poe is wearing in The Rise of Skywalker. It's like a mix of Indiana Jones, Brendan Fraser in The Mummy, and Nathan Drake from the Uncharted games. I think it's perfect for the serial adventure vibe we get in The Rise of Skywalker. Another favorite is the new robes Palpatine gave himself. As soon as I saw the red color, I was like, good for you, Palpy. <laughs> I'm not a cosplayer, says Mark, but I would love to wear a costume like this one day. Those are two great choices, Ken. What are your uh, reactions? I'll start with the Palpatine one. It's just one of my, it's it's, it's a low-key favorite moment of mine in Rise of Skywalker because it, it almost makes no sense, right? It, it, it almost beautifully. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And I never stopped the question other than like, wow, yeah, he did that. I just, he took their power and he not only rebuilt his fingers, his bones, his skin, nails, he built a nice robe for himself. And, you know, we've we've been joking for, we've been doing this, what, six years? We've had these jokes probably before in our own lives, but just like, I'm I'm fascinated by the Empire just springing up after a, a weekend of the New Republic fell with new outfits, uniforms, ships, and the fact that in, in the story, someone designed that stuff. So the fact that, dare I say, we try not to pump up Palpatine too much. He's a bad man. But he's got a sense of design going on, and and he really like if this is my uh, this is my big moment, I want something grand for this. I I, I can't believe I'm truly getting into narrative uh, justification of Palpatine mm -hmm. using someone else's life energy to make a nice robe. But you're making me think. I mean, Palpatine is uh, uh, great at propaganda, right? Yes. Uh, he knows how to present a situation and present himself. And I think that having the new look for the Empire pretty quickly uh, mm. is really a sign of like, yeah, I, I want to communicate something uh, to these people who think they signed up for security, but they actually signed up for uh, fear of being controlled and frightened by the Empire. Like, you're not frightened of the <laughs> outsider anymore. You mm. are going to obey us. Uh and it's great to think of that same thing of like he's he's there in front of his cultists and he's just reclaimed his power in a way he didn't 
think he was going to have an opportunity to. What's he going to do? Just revitalize his body and just leave those those tattered robes, you know, his <laughs> <laughs> naked, wrinkly ankles uh, hanging out of those tatters? No, he's going to make himself just the sharpest set of evil robes ever. Dare we say Palpatine really knows his personal brand. He's just... He, he's an Instagram influencer at heart. This is he what I does. And, and without exaggeration, uh, I would say that once a week, once a day would be exaggeration, but we, without exaggeration, once a week, I got to stop what I'm doing and just feel upset that there's not an action figure of that <laughs> Palpatine yet. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah, fair to say we agree with that one. What are your thoughts on uh, uh, adventure serial Poe? It's, it's, it's wonderful. And Mark is so right to point it out. I think in the lead up to Rise of Skywalker, there was conversations around his outfit. And, and I recall it being mostly positive. Uh, I mean, but I, and that's for Star Wars. I'll take that. Um, but I think afterwards when everything and you got a lot of things going on about the, the, the in the discourse around Rise of Skywalker, I just I don't hear enough Poe as Indiana mummy Drake. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't hear enough. I think it is a great outfit because to me. It's a little different than anything we had seen in Star Wars before. It, it invokes some scoundrel, rebel on the run, you know, even desert-themed attire. We've seen parts of it before. It was pretty unique. And, uh, you know, it's what, it even got like an ascot. He's got some rolled-up sleeves. Oscar Isaac's a good-looking man. Like, the, the whole the whole image was striking in its own way. It was very unique, but yet so Star Wars. And, and that's what we're looking for. It's why we're having this conversation. So, yeah, Mark, you're right about Poe. Yeah, I think maybe there's there's something about that where um, all of the power of Star Wars costumes has been that they're iconic, right? Um, they don't, they do just look like, hey, this is what, what I wore today. But at the same time, they look like that is a symbol of this being, of who they are, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, in some of the characters like Luke in, in A New Hope, they're like, yeah, that is that looks like his day-to-day -day wear. Uh, but it's iconic. But Han is just like, the black and the white it's just like that's you you can picture him wearing that every day but it also is it's a summary of who he is and the same thing with leia um and there's something about this this costume for poe is really saying we're adding another element to who this guy is right because we've seen him in sort of we've seen him in pilot gear right and we've seen him in a in several different cool jackets right but now we're adding another element to who he is is He's the leader who's also a soldier and he is desperately on the run and he is dressing for all seasons because he doesn't know what planet he's going to end up on. <laughs> you, get, you don't you just go with the flow. You just go with the flow. You bite your lip, put on a jacket and, and, and try to match the planet. I, I like what you said uh, a lot there, but the specific thing that got me was just like, it really did unveil a new level of Poe. He's, he's pilot extraordinaire. Uh, he's uh, mostly in a cockpit in, in the previous films uh, or, or uh, you know, uh, running into some trouble in a kind of a drab outfit in Rise of Skywalker, or excuse me, in Last Jedi. Rise of Skywalker, it is big and bold and, and like, yeah, a new part of his uh, life. Like, he's like, no, I do this on the weekends. I camp and this is part <laughs> of who I am. <laughs> Supplies are limited uh, in the resistance at this point, including jackets. So he's got that mm -hmm. nice, distinctive ascot. Uh, any other thoughts on those? No, that's a great start. Absolutely great start. Uh, let's go on then to the second one. You want to take us away, Ken? I absolutely do. Uh, this is from Robert MacPherson. 
Robert writes, I think Empire has hands down the best wardrobe. All of my favorite variations for the big three are there. Leia's Hoth jumpsuit is my favorite of hers. Uh, makes her look tough and ready to jump in a fight and at a moment's notice. But also Carrie just always looks royal in my favorite of her hairstyles. Then Luke's Bespin uh, khaki pants and jacket combo uh, together with Anakin's lightsaber is my favorite of his. Not quite a Jedi robe, but a modern take on him. And then you have Han and full sleeve jackets are just cooler than vests, which is an age old Star Wars discussion. Uh, <laughs> I'm a great one here. Joseph, uh, where do you want to dive in here? Because there's a there's a lot of right in this point of view. It's points of view. It's subjective, but uh, I, I'm going to support this one a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I am in agreement with this one. Uh, let's start with the end. Where do you end up on the eternal Han uh, jacket versus vest debate? Are, are you a yeah. jacket person or a vest person? I ended up being a jacket person. And and I remember like the early days of Jedi Alliance 2014, we were doing our uh, Duel of the Fates segment, which, uh, you know, it's just Maude and I saying, hey, let's have some fun Star Wars debate. That's never a problem. And this is one <laughs> of the first ones we did. And, and it, it, you know, a lot of fun. Spirit of Star Wars discourse was a little different at times there. The darkness was always an undercurrent that you had to deal with. But this one got fun in a way. And I remember I, I, Han's vest is so iconic, right? But if Empire Han, the, the full sleeve, I just think it's better. I just think it looks better. And it's and, and, and it's the vest, Derek, yeah, it was maybe, I don't say look, I don't remember a lot of people in the 70s just wearing vests, but it might have been just a little bit more of its time than the jacket, which is timeless to me. Yeah, I think the the uh, vest has a little bit more of a Western vibe, right? That there's a lot mm -hmm. in A New Hope that is yeah, the heroes are evoking a little bit more of a Western look. But there is, I'm just all, I love the vest, but I'm all in. I'm a jacket guy uh, for yeah. sure for Han. There's just something about the way it hangs is so cool. It just, mm -hmm. it, uh, there there's something, I don't know why, but there's something a little bit like, it's both like he's got his guard up, like he's a little bit more covered. But there's also yeah. just like the way it hangs when he puts his uh, elbow up on the side of the Falcon. There's also like a devil may care. I don't know. I just threw this on and I happen to look yeah. incredibly great in it. What yeah. this old thing like vibe to it. That's just beautiful. Yeah, no, you're I think you're right to point out the uh, best Western kind of connection. Imagine Eastwood walking into a bar. I, I, yeah, I, and, and I get beyond it. And I have no problem with the vest. I mean, it is classic for for a reason. And it and it's uh, the white on the black and the lines, everything's great. But yeah, you're right. The jacket, everything about it, it is, uh, it is, a, is a man who knows his way around the galaxy, knows he needs a style. He needs to strike that image, branding. But also, jackets might keep you a little more safe. You know, your arms aren't, aren't, as, aren't as exposed. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know what's out there. It's a dangerous galaxy for arms yeah. and hands, as we well know, uh, <laughs> reminded of that uh, by uh, the events of Empire Strikes Back. Um, let's talk Leia, and then we'll we'll wrap up here on Luke. Uh, you are uh, in perfect sync with Robert, right? Uh, Hoth Leia is your favorite uh, look for Leia? Yeah, uh, yeah. make mine Hoth Leia, I've said before, which is a weird statement. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it just sounds like a good commercial. But yeah, I mean, first the, the looks in Empire great. I mean, we again, Star Wars, the budget was for one dress probably, and then they threw something on at the end, and then the medal ceremony, which is another great Leia look, uh, one of royalty indeed. But yeah, this one, everything that that Robert's talking about here, it is about the action, it's about the command, but and there's no pretense, and and Leia has doesn't have that inherently in her, but just you know, just lived a life of uh, one part of its royalty. We we know now in some of the stories and what she went through, and uh, there was uh, that part of her life but but this is not that and and she has no time for that right now 
and everything about it. I do, I do love um, uh, Bespin Leia and, and all those kind of things, but it, you know, it doesn't seem right. She doesn't feel comfortable in that. Not now, not at that point in the story. And and when when the, when the t- when it gets going in Empire, she's back into a jumpsuit, ready to fire a blaster. So I love everything about it, even the hair, the buns are. You know, we get it again, iconic. We we're gonna throw that word around a lot. We're gonna talk about New Hope designs, but uh, the the Empire uh, Hoth hair. It's uh, and the fact that um, Billy Lord uh, as Connick's got to invoke some of those uh, that has, hairstyle later on, which also factored in from Jedi, of course. Um, love that too there so yeah i'll, I'll end my Rhea, leia rant on uh yep hot leia big thumbs up for me yeah and i think uh robert is touching in on something really great of saying you know uh ready to jump in a fight at a moment's notice notice but always looks uh royal yeah. um th- i think that's kind of a lot what's going on with both leia and luke's costumes in empire strikes back as they are in this transitional period they are soldiers on the run who are kind of wearing uniforms up to a point that are mm-hmm. just like functional and can kind of be what everybody's got, but are also feel uh, distinctive to where the characters are at. Um, I love what you're saying about normally Leia could absolutely rock that Bespin gown and and, mm-hmm. and she does. It's a, it's a great look, but she does wear it with a, like, uh, I know when I need what outfit. I know when I need to be a soldier and I know when I need to be a diplomat and I know when I need to go to a dinner party <laughs> at, you know, investment and in empire strikes back. Leia's just like, I'm not in dinner party mood. <laughs> Get me back in that jumpsuit. And I think that has come to be my favorite is the, the best escape, which is, you know, the element of just the Hoth jumpsuit strip, strip down to let's get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, let's fire. That's uh, one of my favorite blaster shots in Star Wars is uh, she hits a stormtrooper right in the chest when they're getting away. And it's a it's a smack dab pew 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 and I, right in the heart. And I, and I love that and everything about it. it it's action. Yeah, smack dab pew 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 with Soldier yeah. Leia. Uh, now let's uh, wrap up here on Luke. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so I'm so glad to hear love for Bespin Luke because it was one of the things that just the general look of Luke was one of the things that fired my imagination. You know, I, as a little kid, like I, I, I was a victim of the fashion of the time. I was not a fashionable young child and I could not uh, tell you anything about the fashion world or why certain things looked cool. But just to my little brain, uh, Luke's best been outfit, his best been fatigues as the action figure said was for some reason, just aesthetically the coolest looking thing I ever saw i think it's just the way the jacket uh, was hanging the cool sort of way that the um all the extra pockets just felt like they were w- along the line of the jacket but also kind of busting out of it so he it gave him this kind of energy and this edge and you know i'd spent so many t- so much t- just time staring at every promotional image trading card photo of luke in bespin fatigues uh so for some to some extent that will always be my Luke, but it has become so down in popularity because he's amazing, amazing outfit in return of the Jedi. And then that's the image that we're left with for decades, right? That's the fully formed Luke Skywalker. That's his final form. (laughs) And he's a Jedi so that, you know, you're not going to be imagining stories like, and then he puts the best, like, no, he's evolved. And that's how we live with him. And I think because of that, Bestman Luke is is a little forgotten. You, you are 100% right. I am part of uh, the corner of Star Wars in the 80s that probably helped push it aside. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to apologize to you. I'm going to apologize to Luke. <laughs> uh, you know, I see Return of the Jedi first, really. And 
yeah, I mean, come on, Luke, and the and then the action figure, which is one of the all time best Kenner figures, Luke, green lightsaber, Jedi, is yeah. dark side cloak. It's 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 the big single on the record. All right, it's it's the radio airplay you're hearing, and and Bespin Luke has has grown in stature for me. I remember when the, the first time they released it as a Black Series figure. And I don't even think I was really collecting the Black Series figures, but I. Yet and I, and I popped into that shop at my old workplace, and and they had the, had it displayed, and I just remember thinking, oh, that's uh, I don't know, just it's just beige over beige. I don't really want that figure, <laughs> but I've come to just appreciate it more. Um, it, it's simplicity. It represents to me part of Luke at, at this point in his life. You know, I, I don't necessarily think this is super super intentional, but then again, maybe it is. You tell me, Joseph. I don't know, but it's like my image of Luke and New Hope is. Is, is that white tunic uh, mm-hmm. representing maybe more naivete, purity, something. Uh, and then Jedi, we got the dark, uh, the, the dark Sith-like robes in the middle. You don't know which way he's going to go. He doesn't know which way he's going to go. He doesn't know who he is at this point. And so it works for me on a thematic level. And, you know, it's just uh, I, going through a pandemic where I don't really want to get dressed up again for anything. That just serves a purpose. Just this is what I am. Simple, <laughs> beige fatigues uh, yeah i would kind of go for uh it, it being totally socially acceptable for me to have a closet full of bestman fatigues and just put yep. those on every day right that'd be pretty great because look he works the jacket in that film the jacket's got mm-hmm. lots of variety he can take it off he can have it closed he can have it open uh he can have it uh destroyed by his father lots of different looks <laughs> <laughs> all available to him. Yeah, no, I think the costume design, I think there's some intentionality. You, you can yeah. read all the interviews, but there's also just the like, uh, we can read what's on the film as the stories yeah. and make interpretations uh, that we want there. And I think, yeah, starting with the young and the white and naive, uh, the beige and a little bit more of the uniform soldier look in the film mm-hmm. where Luke doesn't understand that a Jedi isn't just a better a soldier with more power that right. isn't just another warrior. And then I think you can read the black as both uh, the danger of the dark side, but you can also just uh, read it as somber, serious, committed, you know, all the way there. And, and I, none of it, none of that great arc works as well without the, the beige uniform of Bespin fatigues. Totally agree. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Great one, Robert. Thank you very much. Three costumes. So far, our first entry was two costumes, and then our second was three. So <laughs> let's see if we can build up. Uh, but this one, uh, our third entry, is one specific character. We're staying in Empire Strikes Back. This mm-hmm. comes from Colton Dunn. Colton says, Lobot. The pleated gray vest suit layered over a flowing cream shirt made of the finest Bespin materials. Lobot came to play. He also rocks possibly one of the weirdest best accessories in the Star Wars universe, the AG-6 cyborg construct installed by the Empire to wrap around his bald head and help do high calculations, like an intense version of Google Glass that mines Bitcoin on your head. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness says Colton it's an outfit that really captures that original trilogy campy style with a late 70s zing a lot try to do it Lobot does <laughs> uh, this is absolutely great for lots of reasons uh, I think for me just number one is I've spent a lot of my life poking fun at Lobot, uh, mm-hmm. partially because of his look and how that look translated to action figures that were not the most popular on the store shelves. Yeah. Uh, but Colton makes a great argument 
uh, that Lobot is trying something and making it work. What do you think, Ken? He is. Lobot is uh, not just making this work. He's owning the look. He's owning who he's become. Uh, we now know that it was a, a big sacrifice that, to get to this point. Uh, and, and it's, I keep, you know, I keep throwing these iconic and timeless and all these kind of generic words to like I'm in a movie debate show on YouTube, but it it, it really is. It, it It's so, and it almost shouldn't, but it stands out. We're coming off of, you know, Leia and her, her hair, cinnamon roll buns and this, and then suddenly you got in 1980, a computer on a, on a head and he kind of just looks like, you know, a bald guy you know, with the hair on the sides. And, and then from there, like, what, what am I going? Like, I, he's just so part of the Star Wars, just the, the world and the fabric of, of what we love, that weird yet familiar. And yeah, and, and Colton's right. It's kind of taking that 70s chic and just making it Star Wars. And just, I don't even look at it as a weird poofy shoot shirt that might be at a, you know, Studio 54 or something in New York. He, he It is his own look. It is unique. Uh, and it's become it's become timeless by just sticking around. Yeah, it has become timeless. And I do like putting it into, uh, as Colton does, the, the time that the movie was made. And, I, mm -hmm. you know, talking about all these looks being iconic, and they are, and they, and they grew to be iconic. But I'm sure when a lot of people first saw them, they're like, oh, this is a really expensive B movie with that silly yeah. science fiction stuff look at that uh darth vader i guess he's kind of scary but he's a big robot man because they're robots in those b movies like that there is a little bit of that that energy uh combined with the uh late 70s of like yeah lobot looks looks pretty great lobot could mm -hmm. lobot is one of the star wars costumes that you could maybe wear out to the club right yeah <laughs> uh but then in in universe of star wars i do like this idea that that like Bespin is this interesting mix of it is a place where business is conducted, but it's mm -hmm. also a city where there are nice restaurants to go to. And Lobot is kind of just dressed for everything, right? Like he's yeah. like, this is what you wear on Cloud City if you want to be taken seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Lobot, this is my personal opinion, maybe just can't carry off the look quite as well as Lando can, but he's yeah. wearing the clothes that are appropriate for his environment. He can go right from uh, some labor guild negotiations to some fine dining at a casino. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what you need on Cloud City, man. It's just there's a lot going on. It's, just, it's a it's a happening place. It really is. It really is. It just he's he's just dressed like a like a big dessert. <laughs> uh, the actor who portrayed him, John Hollis, just look it up. Just double checking is that he had a he had a big year in nineteen eighty. He's Lobot. He is an observer, Clytus observer in Flash Gordon, and he's a Krypton elder in Superman too. All in nineteen eighty. He's rolling. He's across amazing. All yeah, I yeah. can't remember where I read it. I, I read a couple of years ago an interview with him um, mm -hmm. about taking the Lobot role and about how he kind of uh, struggled with it and then discovered it had no lines. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but like, you know, for all the jokes that we make about Lobot, that was a really good moment for me. Like, take a step back. That mm -hmm. The actor's really talented, really cool. Uh, and it was really interesting to learn more about uh, the man behind uh, the Google Glass that mines Bitcoin. Yeah, great one there. <laughs> Absolutely. Moving on. Uh, Ken, you want to read the next one? I do. This is from Will Culbertson. Will writes, 
uh, my favorite Star Wars outfit has got to be Supreme Leader Snoke's ridiculous gold robes. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. Supreme Leader Snoke's uh, corded RO pile fabric Colette robes and accompanying gold slippers. Uh, uh, all of uh, the subversive surprises that The Last Jedi had in store for us, this was the one I enjoyed the most. The idea that the big bad of the sequel trilogy, the guy who we saw last as an enormous 100-foot projection, the dude who corrupted Ben Solo and has uh, just brought the New Republic to his knees, yeah, he just hangs around in a gaudy bathrobe in his throne room. It's perfect. It's perfect for the character, and it's perfect for this part of the story, and it tells you all you need to know about Snoke and who he is and, and why his arrogance blinds him to the fact that his apprentice is secretly planning to destroy him. This is a great one, Will. The gold of Snoke, the the flourish and flair of all that gold implies. And, uh, and I think uh, Will's right, Joseph. This uh, is a harbinger of things to come for Mr. Snoke. Absolutely. It ties uh, Supreme Leader Snoke to one of the other great villains of cinema, Oric Goldfinger. <laughs> it does indeed. Uh, he's like uh, you can uh, say to Ray, uh, I, I expect you to die and talk. Um, yeah, I, I love this. I, I'm so glad glad that Will uh, sent this one in. Uh, I had the pleasure uh, this last week of being on Star Wars Minute, uh, the great podcast mm -hmm. that goes mm -hmm. through each Star Wars film and discusses them one minute at a time. Uh, had uh, some of these sections of the throne room scene with Ray and Snoke and Kylo, so it was really nice to be able to uh, do that and spend some time thinking about exactly this about like just the the mood, the vibe of Supreme Leader Snoke in those scenes, what is similar and what is different to Palpatine, and that that gold robe. I mean, and it's a robe, right? It's not a cloak at all. Yeah. And that's part of it. It's it's the ostentatious look, the hubris, the the idea that gold sort of proclaims you know, uh, power and mm -hmm. authority and wealth uh, and also just like being loud and proud. So all the gold stuff works really great, but the robe really does have that great vibe of mm. I'm going to make you come see me uh, in, in my house right before I take a bath. <laughs> That's how powerful I am. You're, you're coming to, you know, my, the chamber right outside my bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I typed up uh, Snoke in the old uh, Google machine here to get a closer look at the outfit. And I accidentally stumbled onto Deluxe The Last Jedi Supreme Leader Snoke men's adult robe costume. What? Yeah, which we might need to order. Um, it is uh, on a something called Official Star Wars Costumes. I don't even know what that is. But holy moly. Uh, and and the, the, the model in the picture has a snoke mask on which i don't know if that comes with it <laughs> does not look does not come with it mask robe with attached undershirt and belt i i'm gonna email you this link joseph because this might be an add to the add to cart for you because okay. you just literally you just walk around in this robe it is what it is it's a robe with a belt nice what? nice or you just sit around that snoke mostly does because look the walking yeah. doesn't seem like it's going great for him yeah, uh, this is this. Uh, I just did a wormhole. I got to get off this because now now they're also selling the deluxe adult Emperor Palpatine costume. Uh, back away, back away. Show will be derailed. Uh, yeah, this is everything that Will's talk about here about Snoke and 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 what you mentioned hubris, our favorite, one of our favorite Force Center words. I, yeah, coming out of coming out of Force Awakens, and you know, again, we have all the Snoke theories and everything going on. That was fun. It was great. I just also remember thinking, just like, well, we got another like old grizzled guy in a in a dark black robe like okay and i wasn't super excited about that 
you know, and I, I didn't need to worry because then this, this happens and the pictures started to emerge and the figures started to emerge and the trailer shows up and then, then the guy's got slippers on and all that, like this is something totally new and different. And it stands out. It stands out by being, you know, it's ostentatious and and and, and definitely unique. And, and I love that about Snoke. Yeah, my memory may be inaccurate, but uh, I seem to remember that there is a day of great disturbance in the force when I think a picture of a European package of a Lego set yes. <laughs> revealed uh, the That's glory of the gold robe. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Just one of those great moments, right? Yep, absolutely. I remember that. Those darn Lego boxes always revealing, uh, you know, too much, you know, too much things. But yeah, and, yeah, and it was conf- it wasn't. I remember it was kind of confusing, right? At least for me, I was just like, okay. I mean, again, ex- excitement would soon follow, but just like, wait, what? Huh? Wasn't what I expected. Wrong. <laughs> is this, is this really what it is? Yeah. So uh, I, I tend to read it the same way as, as Will, and we're throwing around our hubris word. But I'm curious if you read it the same way. D- does the gold? Does just how uh, ostentatious that is and it is both ostentatious and casual right it's communicating power in lots of different ways do you read it as a a symbol of his uh his vanity and his uh his arrogance that led to his doom oh I, yeah i'll totally i'm totally there for that uh, it, it's you know because in that throne room and and, and it, the gold stands out you know it's not even like it's kind of a you know reddish throne room vibe, and you could have gone with a, a Palpatine black and and really just uh, gone with that motif. He he's got his own look, and it stands out. And you walk in, you can't ignore him, and he doesn't want you to ignore him. But he's not he's not paying attention to what you're thinking. He just wants you to be looking at him. And I I even love I, there's some just base level just the way he treats Ray, and it's just it's it's bad, you know. Just it's just oh, and it's all yeah. slimy and it's all cocky and it's all it's misogynistic it's all these kind of things and he just he never backs away from it because he doesn't think he has to and the, and the gold rope does indicate that with uh, palpatine at least you know he's worse in a lot of ways and, and might be even pulling strings here more than we thought when we watched this film i i understand that but also palpatine had to spend a lot of time in the shadows not being recognized as a sith lord <laughs> Yeah, he had to wear all these different uh, robes as a senator and the Supreme Chancellor and put on that public face. And I imagine when he went full Sith, he yeah. was just like, ah, oh, God, now I can just chill in my robe, my cloak. Yeah. So I just, I, and even if he is, uh, if more of Palpatine's essence or whatever is in Snoke, whatever, if we ever get those minute de- details, I, I almost could imagine Palpatine being like, oh, I don't have to. Don't have to hide anymore. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. When I voice Snoke, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in a gold robe. I want the world to see me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and I, I think the robe does add also to what you're saying, which is the more, more serious side of the, the conversation. That yes, there's a lot in that scene that's constructed very much yeah. to be what he is doing, and his attitude is, is horrible when he says like closer. I said, and forces are closer, and like the gross robe, like mm-hmm. the, this old guy in a robe uh, certainly does add mm. to that absolute uh, creep factor so i think uh, that's yet another yeah. way this robe works uh, a little bit more serious uh, but there's a lot of just fun and weirdness in the gold robe and uh just to tie together part of our conversation here ken whatever kind of mm. puppet uh snoke is you know we know he was a puppet of palpatine mm-hmm. but we don't know exactly how much agency he had or not uh, but i do like the idea that regardless of what kind of puppet uh, Snoke was for Palpatine that 
Snoke's going around in this gold robe. Uh, there are whispers about it. And then when Palpatine gets the opportunity on the spot to make himself new robes, like, I'm going to fancy mine up a little bit. I heard all those people talking about Snoke's robes. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one true emperor. Look at my new robes. Yeah. Again, I'm here. I'm who I am. I am taking it. I am the Sith of Siths. I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. It is all connected. I am the Sith of Siths. <laughs> it's all connected from robe to robe. With that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back to share a few more favorite outfits in Star Wars. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J E N I L A N D A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa1138. And we are back to share some more favorite points of views about Star Wars costumes, outfits. Uh, We are now going to number five. This one comes to us from Brendan Bozarth. Uh, Brendan says, it's not a super original choice, but I think I've got to go with the armor Anakin and Obi-Wan wear in the early seasons of the Clone Wars. For Obi-Wan specifically, I think it may be his best look he's ever had. Uh, I always absolutely love seeing realistic versions of Anakin and Obi-Wan wearing the armor. It'd be amazing to see Ewan and Hayden wearing it during a flashback in Kenobi, uh, the TV Mm. show. I also feel like the design has some thematic meaning to it. Seeing the Jedi wearing armor instead of robes sort of gives us a visual to the Jedi's fall into becoming soldiers instead of just peacekeepers. With Anakin specifically, it's really interesting because his armor is very similar to the armor he'll be stuck in for over 20 years as Vader. It kind of gives the Vader design new context, like it's a more updated design of the armor used during the Clone Wars. Overall, it's just a fun design that has meaning both practically and thematically. I love it. Uh, Brendan, I'm right there with you. I love it, and I love uh, the way you're breaking this down. Ken, what are your thoughts? I uh, am right there on that last point of of the Anakin clone armor as it relates to Vader. Again, intentional or not, I don't even I'm not even worried about that. It just is always I always kind of had that feeling like oh, such because you know, especially you, you spend years, decades, even dreaming about what the Clone Wars might be, and to finally see this and uh, and to see this this version, it, it did it did uh, strike a similar chord to me, and, and it does work for me on that level of the Jedi of the time, or at least the Jedi we become familiar with growing up when we see old uh, Obi-Wan wearing the farmer's robes there. It's like there's that simple look, that simple vibe, the simple, you know, we're simple peacekeepers uh, of the galaxy, and now here, here they are fighting, and, and, and the armor is necessary, the armor is part of what's going on, but yeah, it it does work for me on that level, and it, and it was cool to see. And 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 I'm I I I have you know I have one of the hot toy figure of of Obi Wan in the desert, and he's got the armor on his back, and and I do want to see him in, and I do want to see you and McGregor in the armor. That would be really cool, uh, just on that Star Wars cool level. So it does uh, 
it does it does work for me and it's a great choice brent and it's not super original choice no it it, it it is a great choice yeah yeah no i think this is this one i think is very dependent on on generation how you process it right um that you can process it intellectually the same regardless of generation but i think you know depending on you know when you grow up and how you're introduced to it if this is your first obi-wan and you see the clone wars before you even see movies that's a different thing uh mm-hmm. But for me, yeah, I love everything Brendan's saying, the the Vader thing. It, it works so, the thematic stuff works so well for both Obi-Wan and Anakin. Because you see Anakin in it, and you can see like, yep, he is taking this first step down the path that he's going to go. And so there's, it's it's like this uh, horrible evil harmony of like, yep, <laughs> that works. And then with Obi-Wan, there's this utter shock of like, that's, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Jedi Knight, and he's wearing what looks like Stormtrooper armor. Of course, mm-hmm. of course, it is clone trooper armor, but, you know, with the uh, aesthetic connection, you know, growing up for years and years of, here's your, your pile of action figures, here are yeah. the good guys, here are the bad guys. Why is one of the goodest of the good guys half-dressed as one of the baddest of the bad guys is so powerful and really gets to that, like, oh, oh, Jedi, mm-hmm. you, you don't see what you are becoming. Yeah. Look around you. Look in the mirror. Yeah, look in the mirror. <laughs> uh, but then it is just cool, right? And then you spend so much time with uh, Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars, and it does start to just feel like that's part of his look. Uh, he, it's not like he doesn't do uh, heroic yeah. things or share great wisdom while in that outfit. And it's not like the clones are the stormtroopers. The clones yeah. have you know a lot of great um, morality and humanity as we spend time with them. So it's it's a great moment of tension. I love it when thing, when things in Star Wars aren't just... Uh, one or the other, but they have tension. Uh, and Obi-Wan's armor look has great tension every time I look at it. Yeah, and you touched upon something there too, just the actual, the coolness of it and the practical level. And and this is, I think, all generation of fans, but especially us growing up in the 80s with a, just a, a bevy of three and three-quarter figures from many different uh, films and properties and comic books and cartoons to choose from. The mashups, the homemade mashups, which I was never good at. But like I go to my friend's house and he'd be like, I took the head of Duke. I put it on the torso of a Viper and the pants of Destro and the cape of Serpentor. And look what I got. And, it, and it's, wow. And I, you know, I remember some of the figures coming out. It just had that vibe of just like we took Obi-Wan's head. We put him on. the and it, and it just, and I love it on that level, too. That's part of the reason we're here. Yeah. And I got to say, uh, this costume has been in my mind a lot because uh, time doesn't make any sense to me. Sometime during the pandemic, uh, I ordered the uh, the vintage collection three and three quarter Anakin and Obi-Wan in these costumes in uh, the Clone Wars armor. Mm. Um, and that Obi-Wan, uh, especially with, with the image on the card, it is one of my hands down favorite figures right now which you know i, I mm. love all my figures <laughs> mm. so it's saying a lot to pick one that's even a sort of favorite and it is it is partially because it's molded in a realism style the picture on the card is in the realism style and there is just something so aesthetically cool and meaningful about it to see it rendered in realism uh is thrilling and i'm right there with brendan i have I actually have a lot of hopes that we're going to get a flashback in mm-hmm. Kenobi. It makes a lot of sense to me because the casting of Hayden Christensen has been touted so much. And it'd be mm-hmm. great if it's just it's Hayden in the suit or it's mm-hmm. Hayden in the suit. And uh, we see him with the helmet off once and, you know, but mm-hmm. making such a big deal about bringing Hayden back really makes me feel like there's a possibility of a flashback. And if the Kenobi TV st- series is the story of, Kenobi trying to confront 
uh, Vader and either uh, put him down or turn him back to the light, it really makes sense to build some of that relationship by having a specific moment that you flash back to at a specific moment in their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Just just as a storytelling advice, but also with just general audiences or trying to connect. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I probably, the flashback idea wasn't something I would have wanted a while ago, but I'm not just warming up to it. I'm, I'm almost uh, thrilled by the potential of it again, keeping our minds open. And, and then, uh, then even just based on, based on what Brendan's saying, then I'm, then I'm exactly thinking that, like, oh, then imagine we put Hayden in that Matt Lanter hair, <laughs> the Matt Lanter voice, Anakin hair. <laughs> do that. Like, let's do it. Let's do it. It's Hayden, but with Matt Lanter hair. Yeah, that's yeah. that's an action figure mashup. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is a great one, Brendan. Uh, I am so excited about the possibility of flashbacks that I'm already training myself to let it go if they don't happen, yeah. listening to my Jedi teaching from these uh, series of wonderful stories. So uh, move on to our next one. Ken, you want to read it? I do. It's Tim Langle and uh, Tim saying uh, there are outfits in Star Wars that are so intrinsically linked to their characters that even other characters in universe can't help but attempt to recreate the look. So it is with Darth Sidious. I can only assume he is a younger, more influenceable Sith Lord was stranded in the desert of Tatooine and was bested in a negotiation by Jawas. Seeing their robes the first time and the ominous glowing eyes peering out from the deep shadows of their hood, Sidious surely knew he had found the look that would one day dominate the galaxy. And so, for inspiring the greatest tyrant in the history of the galaxy, I believe the Jawas have the greatest outfit in Star Wars. There's a twist. Did you you catch that twist, Joseph? Uh, I also had a stuffed Jawa that lived on my bed, uh, though I had no idea until much later that it was a Jawa, so I'm probably biased in their favor. Look at that. I love that. Uh, that's a good one there. Uh, Joseph, what do you think about the uh, Jawa of it all? Yeah, two greatest twists, uh, the end of The Sixth Sense and this entry to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> blown away. It was Jawas all the time. Bruce Willis was inspired by Jawas all the time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is great. It, it is it is funny that there are like some similarities, right? I mean, yes. Darth Sidious isn't just a large Jawa, but yeah, there's definitely uh, some inspiration there. And I like this uh, utter headcanon that an angry young Sheev is like, I know those are just little scavengers, uh, but they outsmarted me. And they really do scare the hell out of me. You don't know what's in there, but those eyes are glowing, glowing. It's yeah. a real Batman moment. Like uh, Shiva's just sitting somewhere and a Jawa crashes through the window. He's like, yes, <laughs> that's what will inspire fear. <laughs> I will become a Jawa. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. I think I've said before that I've gone on a, a journey in, in my in my youth, so probably some uh, uh, very early Star Wars counseling of myself. What, like, when I first saw the Emperor, you know, you're coming off of Vader. You're coming off of the kind of the new bad guy designs in Empire where Boba Fett and all of the bounty hunters, and you're going to meet this emperor. So far, we only saw his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, what's it? Go? Oh, he's got a rope. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but then the utter just like simplicity of that, like he was just totally plucked uh, from in, uh, a fantasy story where he lived in the woods and kids aren't supposed to go to his house. Like yeah. <laughs> that's just like totally the vibe of that cloak. And I, it so came around to uh, the simplicity of it, the beautiful simplicity of it. And you touched on something too, of just, you know, talk about looking back and, and, and being up and mobile in 1980 and getting ready for star Wars, you know, Emperor Palpatine shows up a, a different 
version, you know, uh, different voice, different eyes, all those things. And you got three years to speculate. I know there was no, what's your Palpatine uh, or what's your Emperor Snoke uh, related theories stickers <laughs> back then. But then he shows up and I, I, I've talked to some folks, o- older fans who were like, yeah, I was kind of disappointed. He just had a black robe and his old guy, I, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I spent three years imagining something else. So I'm always amused by that, but I love uh, the Palpatine look, but then to, to, to go to, to get it back to the Jawa conversation, uh, the simplicity of it just, it just works for, I don't know, just work for Star Wars for me. And the Jawas just just set that, again, going back to setting the tone for just, you don't need much in the galaxy. You just need a simple, as, as, as watching uh, the Toys of Betas again, David Okada, just, uh, you just need your sock for a rope. That's all you need <laughs> for the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I should, we should spend some time celebrating the Jawas because that was the twist. It's the Jawas who have the yeah, yeah. absolute best outfit. And like, yeah, I like their, their little um, sort of bandoliers, their pouches. That's great. They got the... Uh, mm-hmm. really different style uh, energy blasters, which makes them different. But there is also, uh, speaking of John Molo, like we were at the top of the yeah. podcast, there is, you know, necessity of being the mother of invention of, you know, it's such a great design of like, uh, w- we don't know what they are under there. So let's just costume them so we don't have to design little alien heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's just, you know, and it, it, and it works really well, uh, you know, I think particularly in that era of um, mm-hmm. you can't look up anybody's... Uh, if you went to go buy a car, uh, you couldn't look up, you know, people's ratings on the internet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah. I think not being able to see the Jawas' faces, but just those glowing eyes uh, under hoods really did uh, pull out that. Uh, how shifty are they? Can we yeah. trust them? <laughs> These uh, little uh, space-used car salespeople? Yeah, yeah. Uh, immobile swap meet. Uh, it, it, <laughs> yeah, the, the Jawas... You know, and and I I don't I don't ever go too far down the the rabbit hole of trying to discover what the Jawas are or look like or anything like that. And even if that I don't even know if that stuff exists, EU or otherwise, I don't know. Um, I just I really love taking them on on the surface because they are just so wonderfully mysterious. And I was glad as 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 Mandalorian took another uh, big pass at uh, the Jawas and their culture and everything about it, the picnic table on the top that you and I love so much. And, and the egg, the suka, it's like, it, it, but it, it just, it kept the mystery of who they are to me. And, uh, and the robes are part of that. Yeah, exactly. As mysterious as the Sith, if not more, uh, the Jawas are a great costume. Great entry, Tim. Thank you so much. Uh, we are going to wrap up with our final one for this episode. It comes from Michael McCarcel. Michael says, this is definitely a tough one. There are so many incredible outfits throughout all of Star Wars. I think I might have to go with two. Always two there are. Uh, First, I have to go with Rey's outfit from The Rise of Skywalker. I appreciate the simple yet elegant design. Not only is it very practical, but it also serves as a natural progression of the classic Jedi robes into a new generation. My second is Obi-Wan's robe, specifically from The Phantom Menace. Aside from it just being Obi-Wan, I love it because I had the Halloween costume as a child, complete with cheap toy lightsaber and clip-on Padawan braid. (laughs) I honestly have no idea if I have any pictures of six-year-old me in that costume, but I hope I can find them. Fingers crossed they're in an old box of photos at my mom's place. Thanks, and may the Force be with you. Uh, May the Force be with you, Michael. And please, if you find Mm. those photos, uh, tweet them at us so we can all enjoy uh, six-year-old Michael as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, Ken, what are your thoughts here? My first thought is I need a clip-on Padawan braid now. Send it my (laughs) way. Uh, Yeah, a couple great thoughts here. I'll start with the Ray one. I I love uh, the the, the Ray look through through, uh, Rise of Skywalker, and 
And I've, I've uh, heard tell there's some criticisms of these sequel pictures. I don't know if you heard this, Joseph. Uh, <laughs> and I sometimes I'll get in that conversation of, you know, Ray kind of keeps her aesthetic, her vibe, her style all through the three films. And people maybe wanted more variation. I understand that just even on Star Wars level. I mean, you look at Padme, you got, you know, an entire spaceship full of robes. Uh, the looks of Leia that we've already discussed in this episode are just synonymous with those figures and how you viewed Leia and those scenes, those moments and everything. So I understand some of the conversation, but the more I go back and visit it, it just works for Ray on Jakku. I love the updated version and uh, in, in, in Last Jedi. And, and the, she looks so sleek and strong and, and, and powerful and really just evokes a, a, an old style Je- a Jedi and a Jedi, Jedi for the new generation. It all works for me on those levels. Uh, you could dive into the color schemes too, like we were doing with Luke, if you want about what each one represents, but there's something just real, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's striking and regal her rise to Skywalker look, especially like on the, on like the thumbnail, even Disney plus itself. It has the, her just kind of with the staff looking off and the sunset there. It's, it's regal, man. She looks like a, she looks like a warrior. She looks like a knight, a, a true hero. And I just really love that look. Yeah, well said. I'm right there with you. Uh, we talked about that arc of Luke's costumes, and I've seen criticisms where where people feel like, look, the original trilogy had these great arcs uh, mm-hmm. of meaning in the costumes, and Rise of Skywalker just uh, goes back to the way it was. And, and you know, uh, people, of course, uh, are welcome to their opinions Totally understand that. I have a different view of it that I think it does tell her story really, really well because mm-hmm. what Ray's story in The Rise of Skywalker to me is she is trying to decide who she wants to be and is a part of that because she's a person who's always sought belonging. She is she wants to take advice, inspiration, and understanding from the people who came before that she cares about and trusts. Uh, she cares about Luke. Uh, she cares about and trusts Leia. She has those Jedi texts and she's pouring through them. She wants to connect to the Jedi of the past. So for me, with what her motivations are in the film, you've got these great touches that are, it's got the the hood, which is classic Jedi. Uh, it, yeah. it evokes uh, Leia's hood from uh, A New Hope, uh, the continued wearing of the white robes with these tiny little bits of kind of gray sneaking in there really are evocative of Luke's uh, Jedi robes from the Luke that she knows. So it's got these touches that are evoking uh, the people from the previous generations that she is learning from. But then the fact that almost the whole thing is still just what she's used to wearing for her whole life on a desert planet. It is so her. And it's this massive visual declaration that I can learn from the past. I want to learn from the past, but I'm going to define myself I'm not just going to go, oh, I'm in a, I'm in a resistance. I'm going to go put on uh, a soldier's outfit. I'm going to wear one, wear one of a uh, uh, Finn's cool jackets, or I'm going to just wear the fatigues uh, of a trooper or, oh, I've read that this is exactly what the Jedi wear. These are the classic robes or the high Republic robes. I'm going to put on exactly those. Instead, it's saying I am me. This is how I'm comfortable. This is my personal heritage. And I'm grabbing from the past and looking to the future. And to me, it's all there in the costume. Yeah. I, you, you listen to you talk. I'm, 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 you know, picturing and hearing Maz talking about her, you know, the longer you see going forward and everything. And then Ray goes on this journey, doesn't know who she is, not sure about where she wants to know who she's, where she's from and, and who are her parents, all those kind of things. And then just kind of really landing on now. I, I know who I am and I know who I want to be. And this outfit reflects that. I, yeah. It's just a big win. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and Ray goes through a lot in The Rise of Skywalker, so much uh, doubt and fear and seeing the dark version of herself. But there's so many moments where she is just, yes, Ray, you're a hero, and you're dressed in this beautiful white that really, in this classic connecting back to a New Hope way, just yes. evokes hero. When she's like, no, 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 we don't need to cut this, uh, this uh, snake apart. Let me lean down and heal it, you know? Uh, it's heroic, and she feels like a hero in that uh, that beautiful white. I, I like what you said there too about just going back to New Hope and, and connecting to that vibe again. To to what level of uh, what degree of intentionality was there? I don't know. Uh, let's talk to Michael Kaplan. We'll get him on the phone. But <laughs> it, it works whether it's there, whether it's put there on purpose or not, or or ten percent put there on purpose. It doesn't matter to me. I, I it it's not unlike seeing Luke stare out at the twin sons or start his journey and for her to come back full circle with that. But again, be so herself. We're just uh, driving that point home. I, I, it, it does work for me on, on that level. Yeah. Yeah. So great choice, Michael. We love it. Now let's wrap up the podcast, Ken, with the most important conversation. Uh, did you have an Obi-Wan outfit and a clip on Padawan braid? Because I did too. I did not. You did. Well, I did not. I did have a, a realistic Pee Wee Herman outfit that I wore straight <laughs> Halloween to birthday parties. Uh, we went around to the thrift shops and got a gray suit. It was a little bulky, a little baggy on uh, little Kenny, but uh, it worked. Uh, so, no, I did not have a – I had C-3PO pajamas That's uh, for that era. But, uh, yeah, no Obi-Wan cloak. I would I would want one, especially – again, I, my friend Jed had a rat tail, and I could never grow one, I, I you know. Uh, so I was a little jealous. So I, I, would, I would take that clip on braid now. Yeah, yeah. I did not. I shouldn't say I had the full costume. I didn't have the full costume. Uh, some friends, I think, cut up some old uh, – kind of gray shirts and formed them for me but i did buy there was some like dress up pack that was like the belt and i think the aqua breather and i think the padawan braid was like uh it had a, it wrapped around your ear and then it, it hung like it was a, a padawan braid uh but this was the glory of of the phantom menace days uh for me is it's right when i was i was doing a lot of sketch comedy and right when my world of comedy and the nerd world were melding together where suddenly like mm. oh wow i am performing for audiences that are hungry for star wars content uh and it is a great excuse for me to buy these halloween outfits and dress up <laughs> yeah. as a jedi oh uh, what a golden age especially even what you're saying of like suddenly uh being a nerd and a geek had currency. It was worth worth something in comedy. I remember though that switch over. That was great. It was a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> moment. Frozen in time. Eh, not really frozen. It's continuing. But yeah, I, I also just really wanna. Uh, I wanted to share those those personal memories yeah. of uh, that Michael's really bringing bringing to me. I can mm. remember the tickle of that Padawan braid on my neck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But the. Uh, the costume itself, right? Uh, uh, Obi-Wan's costume in Phantom Menace is pretty great because we know Obi-Wan as, mm-hmm. yeah, he had Jedi robes, those dusty old desert ones that are yep. similar to what the farmers wear as well. Uh, but then this is young, I can't wait to get out into the galaxy and prove myself, Obi-Wan, uh, dressed for action. The cool, long, brown cloak. But then I think there's something about his his robes, right? They've got an energy to them. They're a little bit restless. They're ready to move, right? Mm, yeah, and he's ready to dive in the, the water with him, go through the planet core. He, he can take him ever. It's very <laughs> functional. And, and you pointed out, too, it's like, yeah, we, we've talked about this other times on the sh- on, on the shows, but, you know, in 1999, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan show up and we're like, 
Oh, okay. So that's what they, okay. That's the outfit. That's what they're wearing. Got it. Makes sense. And, and I liked it. I just like seeing, going back to the start again on, on seeing Obi-Wan in that, in that time period and, and then seeing where he ends up. It just, it just, again, worked for me on that level too, but it was uh sleek. It was cool. Uh, it was, it, like I said, ready for action. And it uh, just makes sense for Obi-Wan. And I like the slow progression, the armor. That's why I can maybe go back to the armor where the armor stands out well, but even by, Revenge of the Sith. I was watching Revenge of the Sith yesterday and just seeing kind of that same robe and knowing what it goes through and seeing the Mustafar stains on it uh, and going back to Phantom Menace uh, with what he was wearing then. It uh, it tracks. It's it's the journeys of Obi-Wan on his robes. Yeah, the journeys of Obi-Wan uh, and robes. We went through a lot of journeys uh, all through different films, all through lots of different uh, extremely complex robe theories, and I had a hell of a lot of fun. I hope you did too, Ken. I absolutely love it. A good Star Wars outfit means the world to us fans. You have our favorite ones, your favorite looks, and I love discussing them. Yeah, me too. Thank you all so much uh, for sending in these thoughts. Like I said, we're going to do another one of these episodes with even more outfits, and we'll do uh, more favorite points of view about different parts of Star Wars uh, down the road here. But for now, Ken, where can people find you and your other adventures? Well, you can find me at Catnapsuck. Go to catnapsuck.com. Also check out what we're doing over the Good People Association at the gpa.fun. Excellent. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my other podcast, Obsessed, my comedy albums, future live shows, all of that on josephscrimshaw.com. You can, of course, like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter is at Force Center Pod and buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Force Center. More fun stuff coming there as always. Thank you all so much for listening. And as Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, Another happy landing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.